we've chosen to discuss today is an important one. It's one that a number of sisters are facing and we are going to be talking about sisters losing their Iman, sisters losing their faith, sisters losing their religion. Now, the first thing that kind of comes to mind for me is the fact that there are a number of sisters that I know who still observe the hijab. However, they have confided in me that they no longer pray, that they're struggling with belief. And the only thing that's kind of keeping them within Islam is that it's familiar and that they are still observing hijab. Now, it's something that we don't, really talk about right and so I guess it's quite appropriate for honesty talk have you encountered sisters who have expressed similar sentiments um, yes definitely and I think even you know from my own personal experience when it comes to um, going through certain um, stages or situations if you're in a trial um, sometimes it's really, really hard to even do the basics, if I'm honest. You can, I think it's fair to say it's, you could get to a point where you're just barely holding on. So that, that makes sense to me. Mm. Well, going through the motions. The, the, feel, the, the, the belief that a person could reach that extent, I could see how it can happen. You know, what do you think leads to that then? I think it could be being in survival mode, mm -hmm. that you're already bare bones, you know. Um, it could be also um, where you take a hit in your belief because of something that happens. Like we were talking about the spiritual trauma, feeling let down. There's a million things that could have brought someone to a point where they just are not connecting. It's not what they thought. Maybe there, there's a point where you're struggling to reconcile between the fate and what's happening. And because of this, there's a block. So the communication, the signal you don't feel like is, is, is strong. And you're not in a place where you can actually talk to God about it. So easily, if you take the soul out of it, the motivation to continue feels, you know, a person could to get to a point where they're almost hopeless about it. I haven't really come across personally women who, sisters who still cover and have lost faith. For me, that sounds like, that sounds like they don't want to deal with the backlash that will come with them coming out in that way as uh, so prominently. And I wonder then, that, that leads me to think, you know, for sisters that we see who remove their hijab, maybe they had lost their faith way before that act before the act of finally taking oh, yeah, it definitely, off. Yeah. So they could have got like, 
it, it makes me think maybe there, were, there are stages to this. Because we, from this side of the fence, we just see that and just think, oh, so like day and night, you woke <laughs> up like, like just a complete switch. It's never but ever it's, like that. But it's a progressive mm -hmm. thing, right? It's, it's not just, okay, to, like the next, oh, I don't really believe anymore and I wanna just, you know? Mm. And subhanAllah, it, it makes me wonder then how can we bring sisters back, help them, support them before they get to the stage where they are completely checked out? I think what you're saying about acknowledging that it's symptomatic. Yes. When we see the external manifestations, they've already gone through the internal process. Mm. And having safeguards in place, having certain things in place that are like a fail safe for you. Mm. So like um, one of those things I think that's really important is your company, your circle. The people who will go into the dark and fish you out. When they see you going there, they love you and care enough about you to take care of you. If you go quiet for a while and they think that person is struggling, they fell off the radar, has anyone heard from them? Let's check in on them and see if they're okay. Mm -hmm. Your circle and also um, one of the things I remember learning, you know, uh, we were doing a tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah and that something that the teacher said is that for us to have a baseline of things that we never leave in practice because you can a person going up and down in their journey where they feel really strong iman is high zealous everything is working and then they reach a low where they're just barely holding on and then they could get better and what she was saying is that the work is in making it that our fluctuations aren't as drastic so you need to have a baseline that you kind of ebb and flow around more gently it shouldn't be so extreme and so if that, if that, if a person decides like my five daily prayers, for example, are, that's the ground. I can never dip below that. You make the rule for yourself. Even if I'm not feeling it, even if I feel like there's no connection, I'm going to make myself show up for at least the baseline and I won't go below that. Then when I can add sunan and duha and witr and qiyam, I will stack and build, but I always come back to the foundation. And that's the thing. I think when the, you know, when the salah goes, when the salah goes, that's it. You've lost your connection really and truly with Allah. Um, and, you know, I think when sisters are crumbling, when they are struggling just to get through the day, I always kind of advise, that's fine. You don't need to think about, you know, doing uh, recommended deeds, mm -hmm. you know, or, or pushing or striving. It's about surviving. Keep the five daily prayers. And make your prayers right part of your survival just the Strategy. fact that they're praying is their survival mm -hmm. you, know, you don't even think have to think about kushur because if you think about it if you're struggling just to get through the day mm -hmm. <laughs> you your your focus is is really literally just surviving living what leads a sister to get to a point where she can't where she feels like she can't she can no longer converse with allah her perception of him and of herself her perception of him in relation to her perception of what has led her to perceive him in that way. Mm -hmm. So for example, she may have sinned, she may have made a mistake, or she feels that she hasn't dealt with a particular test in the way that she had hoped or in the way that she thinks that Allah would have wanted her to, mm -hmm. to deal with it. Um, and then it's, it's just full of guilt, you know, and she, she, she has this perception that Allah is displeased with her, that Allah is disappointed in her, that he has turned away from her. 
And so that just cuts off the communication lines. And it's like something that you said in an earlier episode. He is always there. Mm -hmm. It's us that have turned away. Mm -hmm. Because even if we've sinned, even if we've made the biggest mistake, the doors to his mercy, the doors to communication with him are always open. It's just us, due to our perception, that have decided I'm putting the phone down. Mm-hmm. Or we're not worthy. We spoke about worthiness yeah. in the sight of God. You know, when I when I say I no longer qualify for the mercy and I, I've lost that status now, so it's hopeless, then it makes it seems pointless to try if that's mm-hmm. what you believe about it. Yeah. yeah. It goes back to Khusnadan Billah, right? Mm-hmm. Good thoughts of Allah, regardless of what situation you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's 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 despair. Despair. I think despair of your situation, despair of Allah's mercy or Allah's help or Allah's forgiveness. When you begin to despair and you lose hope, you just think, what's the point? Mm. I'm done. I'm like, it's over for me anyway. I'm too far gone. I'm too far gone. What's the point? Mm. Yeah. And I know that, that there was a, there's a sister that I've spoken to in the past who said that her struggle, she used to wonder, why do I struggle with Fajr so much? And I, I don't know why it was that particular Salah, but she would find herself not praying Fajr specifically. And I'm not sure how her other Salawat were, but definitely she mentioned Fajr and she said that she came to a breakthrough one day, I think maybe through journaling, where she realized that her struggle with Fajr was that she didn't see herself she didn't deem herself worthy to talk to her Lord, to approach her Lord. Like she was down there and he is all up there and there's just too much of a gap between them. But you know, for me, the beauty that I see is that we have a direct line to Allah. We don't need to go and speak to a clergyman or seek an imam's intercession. Or We have the direct line to talk to Rabbil Alameen. That is so beautiful that we have been gifted that. Because no matter what situation that we find ourselves in, we can, like, I love that analogy, pick up the phone Mm. and dial in to him, knowing that he is on the other side. He will always be on the other side. Whatever we come with, however we come to him, he will always be there to to listen to us. And I, I see... Sisters, yes, I see sisters struggle with tests and things and then they, they, they may question why Allah had allowed that to happen and that's why they, they struggle with their faith. But it goes back to what you were saying. Think well of Allah and knowing that He gave everything, He gives everything to you with hikmah, with wisdom and He has tailor-made it for you. Mm. You know, I also think we have, many of us have rocky foundations. Mm. If I'm totally honest, we have rocky foundations. Those that have either become Muslim or they've started practicing. In the beginning, there's a great emphasis on the, um, the, the, the need to change one's physical appearance, um, you know, to, to, to use the lingo, <laughs> mm-hmm. the Islamic lingo, um, you know, to have company. But do we actually spend time building the foundations of our belief you know we can roll off you know what the five pillars are we can roll off the yeah the 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 pillars of iman Mm -hmm. you know we can we can roll that off but have we internalized it have we really laid the concrete foundations of our belief and getting to know him right yeah and getting to know allah because if if that is in place 
when there's, a, you know, when when there are strong uh, gale winds, right, that that hit the building, it may shake it a little bit, but that building is not going to fall down because the foundations are in place, right. So I I, I do think that. Um, yeah, that, that there needs to be work on our foundations, not just when the winds hit, but actually way before, mm -hmm. you know, when we're actually in our positions of ease, when the sun is shining and, you know, it's just a cool breeze. Mm -hmm. That's when we really need to, that is, it, to establish is the foundation. Particularly applicable to those of us who feel that we're strong in our deen and iman. Ah, huh. Because those <laughs> yes. of us who are strong in our deen and iman, we feel like, especially when we see other sisters taking off the hijab or doing whatever they're doing and engaging whatever they're engaging in we can get on our high horse like astaghfirullah you know like and we don't know how a test could hit us mm -hmm. and, and shake us, us mm -hmm. you know and we feel like we're solid and it's when the test comes that we realize my goodness i was not what i thought i, I was, was not there yeah, I was not. And, so, and sometimes <clears throat> because of that judgment that we passed upon another sister and the state, her, her, her status or our perceived um, status of her with Allah, that sometimes we are tested as per the judgment we enacted upon another, right? It's like Allah saying, oh, so you judged another believer, you don't know the circumstances that she went through, right, you know, let, let's see how you, how you fare now. Um, Sumeya, would you say that there is anything, well, yeah, tell me if there's anything else that you believe a sister who is maybe watching this and is in that position, what she can do to ensure that she doesn't lose faith, that she, she has a, you know, a turnaround from this that's really, really useful and beneficial for her. When, when you were talking about the foundation, something came into my mind and that was, um, it was about the concept of studying Aqidah, Tawheed. And for as long as I could remember, whenever the topic of Tawheed came up, it was always something controversial. It was a battleground for people from different points of view. It was, it was dry, it was Textbook. so many things mm. around it to the extent that in my mind I was like, that's, that's one of my that. least favorite mm. subjects. subjects under the Islamic studies umbrella. And it wasn't until hearing what it's actually about, like it's actually telling us about God in the realest terms. Mm. And when you learn Aqidah, like, like for example, the metan the, the, the of the Aqidah Tahawiyyah, when you look at what it's saying, it's literally talking about God in the ways that we understand him to be. He's one. You know, he doesn't get tired. He's there for us. Like, you, and when you, and literally, if you feel like I'm losing my mind, if you just think about who Allah is, because the names and attributes are like, they're like, um, what's the, like keywords, mm. but they have a depth behind them and more to them. And when you look at like Aqidah in that way, as it's telling you and teaching you about who God is, and if it's taught to you with its meaning, it could save you. Mm. It's extraordinary. You know what the problem is there? I mean, I agree with you. The problem is that we're taught this in such a dry, boring, textbook manner that sisters are not inclined to, to strengthen their aqidah 
um, and strengthen their foundation, they're really put off by it. With, all, they, the, with all the Arabic lingo to go with it. So I think there needs to be, maybe someone will rise a up re in, the, in the community. A yeah, to reposition and, it. Yeah, so and, it's and teach it in a way so that it's, it's interactive. <laughs> it's you in, got that idea. It's interactive, <laughs> it's personalised. Yeah. Um, and it's something that sisters can tap into when they are experiencing yes. it. And I think yeah. that is something that we need to look at for our children as well. Oh, yes. yes. Because oh, children yes. are taught the, the, the metan because it's like, it's like memorizing a prose. So you can memorize the whole thing. And when you think about it and you go back to it and you learn and you remember certain things and you think, okay, when Allah decides something, no one can stop him. Mm -hmm. There is nothing like him. And you, it's like you, you, you bring it into your, the forefront of your mind. The application yeah. of that to the situations that you're in and your life. You reflect on it you think, so yeah, important. he wouldn't let me down. Mm. He'll never leave me. He's always there. Sisters that may be watching this that are losing their religion, what would your number one piece of nasiha be to them? I think <coughs> my number one nasiha is to forget the people and turn to Allah. Okay. Because people will tell you all sorts of things, judge you, give you advice of what you should be doing and how haram you are and how astaghfirullah you're condemned and la la la. Roll out your prayer rug and ball your eyes out to Rabbul Alameen and just bring it to him. Like just even if you're not feeling it if you even even if you're not feeling it because mm. i believe that allah will allah will give you that when who allah doesn't turn someone away mm. if you're knocking on doors of rahman is he going to is he going to turn he's not going to turn away i believe i 100 100% believe that even if you're not feeling it the act of even just showing up is big mm. yeah, that's ibadah it is that is worship just to, just just to, show, to up show up is, is big. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, I went first. <laughs> yeah, so, so knowing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the, and the judgment aspect. I think one of the things that comes up a lot is I'm going through this and now I'm isolated because all of my old friends, they, they come at me now. They want to advise, they want to tell you, okay, I think you're slipping and you should go back and do better, but I just feel alienated and judged by them and I really don't want to be around any of them and I feel isolated now. Mm -hmm. So if you're the friend to, to try and keep the channels of communication open and to be loving, as another human being, mm -hmm. I love you mm -hmm. and I'm here for you wherever you are on your journey. You know, you're transitioning, you're going through stuff, that's cool, you'll find yourself in your time, but I'm here if you need me. Yeah, mm -hmm. that, that door has to always be open. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think for me, it goes back to what you said about the baseline, that, you know, you may be, I don't know, you, you may have uh, kind of reverted back to your old ways, you may no longer be wearing hijab, you may be drinking alcohol, whatever, salah. That, hold onto that. Dig your nails, your teeth, your everything into your salah. Even if you feel like it's literally a drag just for you to, to, to pray, please, please, sisters, until you can get help, just keep that going because that is your life and, and Allah sees it and he will respond and he will make whatever has led you to this point, he, he will turn it around for you. Just keep the salah as your baseline. Yeah. Okay, share your thoughts and comments. What else can sisters do to 
cope when they are going through doubts in their faith, when they're losing their Iman? What else can they do to ensure that they hold on to the rope of Allah? That's what this is all about. We look forward to seeing you again at the next episode of Honesty Talk, inshallah.